I like your idea. I like what you're doing. Your brand name sucks. And I was like, damn, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. It could be pretty lonely up at the top because not everybody understands what's going on day to day in your life. My own mother was like, you need to focus on school and stop spending your money on this thing that you're calling a business. I gave up many times on many things. There's a time to quit. There's a time to hang it up and say it's a loser. Hi, everybody. My name is Kelly Martin, and you are listening to the 10th and final episode of Making It Work, made possible by FedEx. Throughout this first series, we've covered the highs and lows of running a company, discussing everything from working with foreign factories to how to fire your employees, warts and all. In this special episode, we've asked all of our entrepreneurs to reflect on their time in business and answer the most difficult question of all. At which point should you just give up? Asking the question is Tom Scallon. The aim of making it work is to talk to entrepreneurs about stuff you don't generally hear a lot about and to tackle topics that are sometimes uncomfortable. I guess you could say the series was born out of one main frustration, and it's that there are plenty of podcasts about failure in business, but the only people who actually want to talk about it are the ones that have overcome it and are now bazillionaires. But 90% of startups fail. So why do we only hear from the 10%? We couldn't find a guy who lost it all and ended up working back at Walmart, although I'm sure there are plenty. But we did happen to know 11 entrepreneurs who were going through it all at the moment, all determined to succeed, but not sure whether they would or not. For this final episode of the season, I wanted to talk about the prospect of failure. I asked the entrepreneurs about what success means for them, whether some people are just lucky, and ultimately, if things aren't going your way, whether you should just throw in the towel and call it a day. We've included all of the entrepreneurs, including Dana, who kind of puts stuff into perspective at the end. But let's kick off with Danny, owner of Cthulhu Prime Meats. I started by asking him how he defines success. Success for me is not making millions of dollars, although I'd be happy making millions of dollars. What defines success for me is, did I accomplish something in my life that helped change the way that people did something? Um, You know, did it change the world? I mean, when should you give up, Danny? Should you ever give up? I think it's also good advice to think about giving up. You know, it's you get you get trained, and and most of the things that you listen to are just keep the blinders on, keep looking straight forward, don't think about the pitfalls, don't think about the bad. I think it's important to understand what the bad is. What 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 can really happen if you go bankrupt? What could really happen if the business folds? I think understanding and recognizing your fears only only helps you as you're trying to grow. We always like to say in the entrepreneur world is I can tell you two different stories. I can tell you about growth. I can tell you about the number of customers that we gained. I can tell you about the new markets that we entered, the new products that we offered. Or I could spend the story of how much money did we lose last month? How difficult it is to be able to find good help? How difficult it is to to get into these new marketplaces because you need to be experts and you need to be able to pay for it and we don't have the capital to do so. It's which story do you want to hear? And I don't think that you can really talk about the good without understanding the bad. And so those fears, they don't necessarily stop me um, and to think about what it would be like to quit, to give up, 
to go bankrupt or maybe just to walk away without, without having to go bankrupt. But those fears are what help drives me to the end goal, to my successes. So I think it's important to talk about them and understand them and not let them, not just necessarily avoid them. During those scary, scary times when your business just isn't going that well, how do you pull yourself out of it? How do you go into work, face your employees, face your customers, and pretend like everything's normal? <laughs> yeah, um, and I've, I've been there probably too many times to count. But especially I can just remember those major moments where like, I'm you know, washing clothes next to my wife and I just, I just don't know if I had it in me anymore. Like I just, I'm like, I'm worried about the business. I was worried about the butcher shop. I was worried about the way that people were eating and, and searching and shopping for food. And I didn't know if I had it in me to make a major change again um, to lead. Um, it was definitely some soul searching, you know, at that particular moment. I think that is important to, although it's important to be honest with your employees and honest with the people that work for you about the, you know, the pitfalls that they're could be when it comes to the business. I think that is is as important to be able to go in there with an enthusiastic attitude and driven to finding a solution. And so I took some time before I got to work that next day and I went and grabbed the leaders and I let them know about the problem, but I also let them know how we were going to find the solution. There were some things that I had, ideas that I had, but there were also ideas that we haven't thought of yet. And we were going to come up with those solutions together. That approach, I think, of going into work that day with that sort of attitude of, yes, there is crap, there is problems, there is bad, there is a chance that this isn't going to work, but here's how we're going to fix it. And really the answer was the people, we, these people in this room were going to fix it because we're too smart to fail. Going in with that sort of attitude, I think allowed us to get through that sort of second bad chance at Cthulhu's possibly failing and getting through that and being successful. How important are friends and family in sort of consoling you when times aren't that good in your business? Yeah, it could be pretty lonely up at the top because not everybody understands what's going on day to day in your life. You know, when you go to, to friends or family or to, to other strangers to talk about your what's going on in your business, they're like, well, why can't you just do this? Or why, haven't you thought about doing just this? And you're like, well, yeah, I've thought about that five million times and I don't think it's going to work <laughs> or it didn't work before. And, you know, it's pretty lonely because you only went through what you have experienced. I think that for me, it's a lot of being careful about who I go to, especially when I'm down. Um, I love my friends and family, but a lot of them will try to pick me up and try to make me feel good. And I don't want a false sense of it's good when it's really not good. Let's talk to Akila about the right people to take advice from. First of all, all of the people giving advice to entrepreneurs are not always successful. It's people around us giving advice all the time. People who are successful, people who aren't, um, your family members, your friends, people are giving advice all the time. Now, whether you want to choose to take that advice it is up to you as an upcoming entrepreneur. And a lot of times um, people are just giving advice on things that they don't know anything about. One thing that I noticed about a lot of successful people, people we consider to be successful, especially depending on how long they've been successful, is they lose sight of the struggle. So I listen to people 
who are supposed to be inspirational women. People like Oprah, people who are in the billions, you know, you watch their interviews and you want to take their advice and they tell you these cliche, cliche advices on how to keep going. At this point, it's like at their point of their career, they have pretty much lost sight of how it was in the beginning. You look back at their old interviews and the things that they had to say then were more insightful than the things that they have to say now because the struggle is not there anymore. So when you got small businesses like me who are still kind of in the grind mode, grind part of of the business who's still climbing. Yes, I've had a little bit of success, but I'm not nearly as successful as an Oprah or anybody like that. But the advice that I have to give is still relevant to what I'm doing today. So I can give advice to someone and say, keep going, keep trying, because I'm not that far from where you've been. So I can still relate to the struggle. My advice to keep going will probably resonate to someone who's a new entrepreneur because only three years ago is when I was starting my business. And I've had those moments where I wanted to give up. I think we all have those moments. And you do have to keep pushing, keep trying, keep believing in what you have. Keep believing in your brand. If you don't, I mean, trust me, nobody else will. I was at that point before where I was like, I'm the only person that believes that this is going to be as big as it is. I was the only person, you know, my own, my own mother was like, you need to focus on school and stop spending your money on this thing that you're calling a business because you're not paying your bills. You're putting too much into it and you're going to get discouraged, all kind of discouraged. It's going to be horrible. But I was able to see past that. In, in darker times when things aren't going well with the business, what gets you through? When things are not going well, because I mean, having a business is like a roller coaster ride. It's up one day, it's down the very next day. Not even the next day. I mean, you you could be having the best business day of your life. And then in the next six hours, you get the worst news, nurse the worst phone call. Like, or, you know, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. It's never a plateau. It's a steady roller coaster. What keeps me motivated is nothing about me. If it was just about me, then I was just like go live in Bali and just take all of my money and just vacation for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. I got to keep this going because other other people rely on this. It's something that's life-changing. My product is life-changing. People need my product. I've changed a lot of lives. So that keeps me going. That keeps me motivated. This is Brian on when to quit a losing battle and how to pick yourself up afterwards. I think you have to use... Logic, obviously, um, but I will tell you that I've gone through some really low lows in the business, and I've kept going, and it's you know worked out. I am by far, uh, I'm so far from a success. It's not even funny, um, but you know we we are on our way. Um, I've also had a company um, prior to where I spent three plus years doing it. And I kept going just because, you know, I thought it was the right thing to do, but it wasn't. And I should have put it down year one, maybe. But I think you have to use some logic and, and, and really reason through things, um, whether it's actually a viable business or you're, you're being delusional. You know, sometimes we suffer delusions of grandeur and it blinds our judgment from, from what reality really is. So... Looking back, is it now clear to you what was going wrong with the last business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
I wasn't really as prepared to run a business, especially of that caliber. Um, and to take it to where I think uh, it should have gone. This question is really relevant for you because your shoes are about wearing your luck. That They have a penny on the sole. Business is about luck, isn't it? So is it not as simple as you get luck, you make it, you get really bad luck, you fail? It's about hard work. It's about taking risks. I think it's Deepak Chopra that said, like, luck is when preparedness meets opportunity, right? So you just got to prepare, you got to work hard. And, and I think I think luck is 100% a factor. I'm not sure I've ever met an entrepreneur that, that hasn't put their heart and soul into everything they do. But sometimes life just kicks you, doesn't it? Sometimes you can't do anything about it. 100%. No one wants to say it. Yeah, 100%. Life will just throw you a curveball. You could get sick. You could, things just happen. Life just happens. And sometimes it will take you down. But sometimes things will happen that it makes you go up. Is it worth it? Is the journey worth it? You know, being so close to failure all the time. So for me, it is. I just have this like burning desire that I wouldn't be doing anything else. Um, it does make it does make it a little more difficult um, to kind of build a business and execute a purpose at the same time to be doing what we're doing and figuring that out as we go along is a little, I want to say a little more difficult. Is kind of the push to be better and the push to innovate your products, is it not exhausting? No, it keeps me going. The problems are what, what exhausts you. The problems are what, what, what generate the fatigue, the lack of capital, the lack of resources. So that's what will you but the desire and the the innovative part the the part to create new stuff like that's that's the awesome part is it lonely being an entrepreneur a hundred percent it is the loneliest journey you'll ever take why is that because if you're not an, if you're not an entrepreneur you, you don't get it right mm, I wouldn't say that it's just people won't understand you until what you think or what you're executing is successful and for you to make that idea or product or something into like into into something takes a lot of time and the entire time it's just you believing in it and don't expect to have others believe in it <laughs> cuz that's just not going to happen um you'll find very few people that'll be supportive um and encouraging most people will tell you uh, it can't be done if it was done somebody else would have done it you know the whole spiel um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very lonely road. Who are you proving yourself to you or, or those people? Me, hundred percent me. If I was proving my, trying to prove myself to somebody else, I would have quit a long time ago. That won't, that won't keep me going. What is success to you? Well, I think Earl Nightingale said it best. Success is a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So you're successful now? Yeah. But I'm not going to stop here. We want to make it, make it much bigger, much better. Any final messages? No. Just uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to go out and do it and you got the guts, go for it. If you fail, it'll be hard. But, you know, dust yourself off and keep trying because failure is just part of the journey. Trust me, I failed quite a bit. <laughs> so go get it. Here's Liz on listening to your gut and making tough decisions. I mean, given the fact that nine out of 10 startups fail, 
um, for many people, you should just give up at some point. Um, it's really, really tough decision, of course, you know, because people are creating, it's like creating your own baby. Um, so you don't want to abandon your baby. So I don't, I don't know how to, you know, help someone make that decision. Um, but I think, you know, for some individuals, they might know in their gut, like, okay, there, I thought there would be market here, but there actually isn't. Um, so trying as much as possible, like for me, I journal a lot um, to really just like open up everything I'm feeling um, really um, unedited. So I, I recommend, you know, things like that where you're letting your true feelings out and being really honest with yourself. Because um, if you know in your gut that there isn't market there and you're just kind of like dragging your baby along on the, a dirt path and making it suffer, then you know, maybe it is better to pull the plug sooner. How do you get through the dark times of being a business owner? Um, there's So with every startup, there's tons of ups and downs. Um, the, the downs are really tough. Ways that have helped me are I do a lot of yoga, I journal a lot, um, and throughout, even when I'm really busy, I always really prioritize relationships uh, with families, family and friends. Um, for example, like every Tuesday night, my college friends and I go to uh, Bluegrass. That's a big priority in my life of you know having that consistent base that will be with you through thick and thin. Um, I think it's really common for startup founders to just like completely define themselves by their job and their work. And I think that's really dangerous. You know, going back to the statistic, well, if nine out of 10 startups fail, then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you define yourself by, so by something that's really tenuous. Is it lonely being an entrepreneur? Being an entrepreneur can be lonely. Um, I haven't experienced that because uh, a big part of it is geography. So I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm in a huge startup ecosystem. So I've been blessed to not feel loneliness. But, you know, I imagine if someone's creating a startup in a rural environment or in a city that doesn't have a lot of entrepreneurship, it can be really tough. I spoke to Tivan about cutting your losses and taking pleasure in the everyday struggle. I think in entrepreneurship especially, there's definitely a survivor bias. So those people who are successful um, and give advice about success will say, yeah, I never gave up and I kept going. I think the reality is that the nuances of each one of those stories are where the rubber meets the road and what's most important. So blind faith is not a strategy. However, taking feedback frequently and really assessing the situation and uh, assessing risks and trying to mitigate those risks is the untold story when it comes to uh, perseverance. So I think that there are absolutely times when it's important to give up. And I think that the thing that stops us from doing that at the right time, and I am definitely a uh, somebody who's had to learn this and continues to have to <laughs> teach myself uh, when to give up. But the thing that stops us is really our aversion to loss. So we often 
really, really want to hold on and abide by this sort of sunk cost fallacy where, well, we've already put so much time into it, we're just inches away from success. Um, and I think that often if you really take an inventory of uh, where your opportunity is, it, it may be in a completely different direction and, and not what you've chosen to focus on. Is it just about luck? No, I think it's about learning how to identify lucky moments and capitalize on them. So once you've been on the grind for long enough, you're aware of what things usually look like and what's remarkable. And being able to pinpoint when something remarkable is happening and say, I'm going to drop into that wave because I may not have this opportunity again. I think that's really where, uh, where you make outsized outcomes. Uh, and, and you can look back and say, I got lucky, but it's really about knowing what luck looks like. I have plenty of, honestly, there, we have plenty of clients that some of whom are not getting lucky and perhaps they're sticking to it for too long with their business. And then we have some clients who are are on the precipice of luck right now, or they're, they're really getting lucky and perhaps they're not harnessing it because they've never known anything different. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think identifying luck is, uh, identifying lucky moments is a skill that I think really, really successful entrepreneurs, uh, have. What about having a goal in mind? What does success look like to you? For me, I feel successful when I wake up every day and I'm excited about, doing all the things that are on my list. There was a time when I was in corporate uh, and when I was in school where I didn't feel that way and it was like things I had to do. Um, But now I try to orient myself around things and projects that I can get excited about. And the more I do the things that I love to do and that I'm excited to do, the more, I guess, success on paper we have, um, but also the more fulfillment I feel at the end of the day. When times aren't so good, how do you get through it? I think that because this is very much a, uh, an exercise in dealing with people, uh, being honest with each other about what's not working, why it's not working, and sort of holding hands and jumping in together with a, with a solution that we're all committed to. Um, I think I've had just as much fun and been just as happy in times when things are quote unquote not doing not not going well uh, as I've had when things are going well because my daily job is interacting with people and as long as we're all on the same page it doesn't matter if if we're putting out a fire um, or if we're celebrating our success it's about the camaraderie that goes along with it. I find it hard to believe that you have as much fun when you're having problems. So for instance, I have fun problem solving, but I get the same amount of money in my bank (laughs) account every single month. I mean, you own your business. It must be different. I think there, there may have been a time where there was a lot of stress related to that. Um, I think I know that I have good people around me and no matter what, no matter what happens, all change is good change, whether or not that means we take a loss on something and uh, to fight another day. That's fine too. Um, as long as we've got the right people around us with the right mentality and the right outlook, I think we will be successful in the long run. You're listening to Making It Work. Coming up. I don't believe in luck at all. I'm always prepared. I don't have a plan A and a plan B. I got all the way to Z and beyond. For me, I have no doubt that the people that make it, it's just they just get lucky. They're just luckier than other people. 
Um, super sucks that I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, obviously, that is not luck. Um, that is the complete opposite. Let's pick it up with David. I asked him, when should you just give up? I gave up many times on many things. There's a time to quit. There's a time to hang it up and say it's a loser. Uh, I think being able to do that is a key to success as well. You know, not giving up, you know, it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. That's true. You know, keeping at it with one thing, but also recognizing when it's a loser and letting it go, even though you believe in it, but nobody else is gonna, that's harder. Or when times change, sometimes technology shifts seismically and all of a sudden iPhones come out and you're on some other platform and you need to rewrite all your software to fit the new thing. That's a reality too. What about luck in business? I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in luck at all. I don't think you heard me once saying my job is hard or that I'm working hard. I enjoy what I'm doing every day. I believe success comes. There's the, the old saying, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Okay, if you're preparing for it all the time to happen, when it happens, you'll be ready for it. I'm always prepared. I don't have a plan A and a plan B. I got all the way to Z and beyond. I have every other alternative. I've got to keep going, whether it's forward, left, right, or backwards. There's a direction I need to be taking. I have, there's a saying, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. You've got to be moving, moving, moving all the time. So luck comes to those who are always moving. They're always preparing. They're always ready for an opportunity when it comes. I've been lucky too many times, you know? How have I had all the success I've had? I've had a charmed life. I've had wonderful businesses, amazing children, all this stuff. It's not luck. And it's not hard work either. I I disbelieve in hard work. If If it's hard, you're doing it wrong because you're certainly not enjoying it. Um, There's a difference between working hard and working smart, of course, but long hours don't have to be hard hours, you know? It can still be enjoyable. It can still be fun. So I, I don't believe in luck. I believe that, you know, fate, fortune, and all that stuff goes to the prepared. To those that are ill prepared, it doesn't show up. So should you ever just give up? I have many times. Why? I've had to just completely abandon something because it was a loser. And I had to go and start all over and took three years to start again. But I had to because the other thing was a loser. And that's hard. It's hard to abandon something you put a lot of your life into. But sometimes you miss a marketplace. Sometimes you've got a fire for something that nobody else sees. And you got to let it go. But you keep it in your mind all the time. It's always still there. It's always still ready to go. If it ever gets an opportunity to pick up again, I'm always ready. So I got dozens and dozens and dozens of those things. During difficult times, what do you say to yourself? I've always got me. No matter what, I've always got me. And I am freaking awesome. I'm the funniest guy I know. This is Heidi, who says whether things are going good or not. The important thing is to keep on learning. I just feel deep down, you know, whether it's going to happen or it's not. Um, I know the dreams. There's a lot of dreams out there. 
but the percentage of those dreams that come into reality are very small. And the one thing you have to remember is some about 75% of small businesses fail within six years. And I think it's because they're not educating themselves. You get into a, you know, you get your company built up. That's one task that you have to complete. And that's not where you stop. After you get the ball rolling, you still have to educate yourself, keep learning, keep reading, you know, keep finding out what you need to do next. And I'm not talking about, you know, just new products. I'm talking about finances. I just think that there's, you're always learning. You can never stop and say, I made it. You're continuously trying to improve your bottom line. You're, but on the same time, you've got to grow. Growing means money. At the same time, you've got to invest in, you know, your retirement. You've got, so it's, it's like juggling. How long can you juggle? Does it not just become exhausting? Not if you're passionate. If you believe in your product. Um, and, you know, even if it's you're buying product and reselling it, you've got to love what you're doing. You know, and you got to, a lot of small businesses you got to remember this. You got to worry about your health. You know, when you're working for somebody else and you have a job, there's not the same pressure. I mean, when you're a, a business, a small business, I, no matter what size business, you've got a lot riding on your decisions. Can you take that kind of pressure? When times aren't going so well, how do you deal with them? Well, you know, in every business, no matter who they are, whether they're most successful, um, all have the dark times. And it's really a fight or flight. And I think that's where you have to decide, you know, yourself, am I built to be in that position? Can I handle that? And, you know, when you're in that position, you know, I always go to the drawing board. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to create a piece. I'm going to create a new line or I'm going to create a piece that people can't resist. I'm going to do something that hasn't been out there and I'm going to draw them back in. You generally channel that stress into, into creativity. Absolutely. And here's the thing. When you're going through a tough time, it, you're not alone. You have your team. And if you've picked a really good team, then you guys are going to go through it together. And I was told recently, um, the best thing to do are hire people like you that have the same passion as you and are willing to join this journey with you. Here's Raheem on how some people are just lucky and why failure isn't such a big deal. The vast majority fail and the ones that fail are not too keen on talking about it um, and sometimes the best thing you can do is to you know pull down the curtains and uh, go set up shop somewhere else and people don't people don't hear that enough it's a very personal decision right it, it can be related to your company it can be related to your product itself it could also be related to your uh, to, to, to your personal circumstances financially uh, f- uh, with your family or just your own emotional health. If you get to a point where it stops being fun, and I mean, you know, when I say stop being fun, it's not like, oh, today sucked. It's just every day you're absolutely miserable. Not because you're sleep deprived, not because of that, but you just absolutely hate what you're doing. Stop, you know? Like, 
people people will notice for maybe a couple of days, but you're not you 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 no one's priority. You know, it's like when you go to the gym, you 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 you're self conscious about people watching you lift. No one's looking at you. You know, so <laughs> really, so. If it's not working, you feel like it's not working, you stop, especially when you stop having fun. It might, it's not going to work for a long time. Actually, when you're building a business, it's mostly not working until it works, then you overnight success. But if, if you stop having fun doing it, just stop. Go find something else to do. You say no one's looking at you, but people want to save face. I mean, they've told their friends, they've told their family they're starting a business. Is that not a consideration? It's a big consideration, but I can guarantee you if it start, if you start hating it, I will bet anything, everything I have that you will most likely fail because it's just, it's hard when it's working, you know? And when it's not working and you hate it, it's 10 times as hard. And you, when you hate it, you're not creative. You don't problem solve the way you normally do. It's just, I just don't believe. So you might want to save face, but it's at, uh, at your own detriment. You'll end up being depressed. It'll end up literally destroying you, you know? Or you end up coming home fighting with your loved ones. You end up, it's, it's not good for you. You say if you're not enjoying it, maybe you should give up. You can't enjoy it every day. No, you can't. That's what I'm saying. It's not the everyday part. It's, if it's a trend, if, if the trend line is you just hate it in general, like for me, for example, I'm super sleep deprived right now. You know, it feels miserable. But I wake up every morning and I look forward to going to work. I don't feel great, but I look, I, I, I enjoy, I still enjoy the work. And if that stops being enjoyable, I'll stop and get some sleep. Does success in business come down to luck in the end? I think so. Okay, a lot of people work hard. A lot of people work hard, but they don't want to make it, right? So that tells me that hard work is not the only necessary ingredient. Um, but the way I think of luck, and, and if you don't work hard, there's a very good chance you are not going to get lucky, right? Because you're just not out there. You have to show up in order to for it to, 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 to work. But I do feel like, I no, I don't feel like, I have, for me, I have no doubt that the people that make it, it's just, they just get lucky. They're just luckier than other people, right? And my view of luck is, okay, I'm here now today because of things that were set in motion long before I ever existed. Uh, everything from the place I was born, uh, the family I was born into, you know, the type of upbringing I had, all the friends that I came across my whole life that could have led me down, you know, different paths, right? I ended up here mostly due to things that were totally out of my control. I had no say in being born in Guinea, right? And of all the people that were born in Guinea the day I was born, how many of them ended up in the States, ended up getting, you know, going to getting the education I got, ended up getting a, a fellowship to go to grad school in Europe and all this, like get the training I had to and, and get, get, get the job that I had uh, to set me up to do the things I'm doing today. Now, I, yeah, I worked hard, uh, but I know for sure I didn't work harder than all of those people my whole life. I know this for a fact. And there are so many euphemisms around success and being, you know, be, being lucky. And, but I think you just get lucky, honestly. 
You said you were quite lucky that when you came to the US, you landed on your feet and got a college education. Do you feel like you might have run out of luck, that it would have just been more sensible to become an engineer? That's the thing, and that's why I'm in a very fortunate position. If I run out of luck, I can fall back on being an engineer, which is not so bad. Like, that would be the ultimate success for a lot of people. And the average engineer is far more successful financially than I am today. So, yeah, it's, I have that as a backup, and it's a great backup. I can, I can go bartend if this doesn't work out. I can wait tables. I can manage restaurants. I can, so I've had all these experiences that I made. I, having those options also makes, you, makes it so you freak out less, you know? And even if I can do any of the things I told you right now, I live in the United States where I have electricity all the time, I have access to the internet. I can go teach myself anything I want, you know? So that's why I don't, I feel like I'm very lucky. Your view, quite simply, is what's the worst that can happen? And the worst is not that bad. <laughs> Next, we're hearing from Diana and Jean. They can't believe the amount of luck they've had, but it doesn't mean they haven't worked hard. You can, as a founder, be so close to the product that you are blind to what's actually happening. And I've been in that situation. Um, and you also don't want to start a business just to start a business. This has to be something that you are so passionate about that when you wake up in the morning, that's what you want to work on. Um, I think if you are not passionate about it and you think it's uh, this uh, starting a business, doing whatever whatever it is that you have the idea for is not something that you necessarily wake up in the morning just dying to do, then it's naturally going to fall sort of fall off, you know, you're not going to push it forward enough to become successful. Yeah, and there's a lot out there. I mean, when you are starting your own thing, you're, it's a lonely place. You, you um, really have to be the one that believes in this concept. There's going to be a lot of people that question your ideas um, and what you're doing. And there is a ton out there um, motive, from a motivational perspective. I mean, Gene and I are huge audio yeah. book podcast fans about like, you know, get, giving us a little quick jolt of inspiration and positive reinforcement. But it is absolutely essential that you are aware of pain points and failures. Where you learn about failure, I think, is in the relationships that you build with other founders, because it's a vulnerable place to be to say, you know, I failed here and this is what I learned. But when you have a relationship with other founders, you know, you're you're much more comfortable to share those those moments. And and so those are the moments where you really Super talk impactful. about failure yeah. and and you can actually and it's and it's a much more meaningful conversation, too, because you're applying it to like your current needs Throughout this interview, you've been saying one thing a lot, and it's that you lucked out. You've been yeah. using that term quite a lot. We have certainly busted our ass. Like, let's make no mistake. I don't want to make any mistakes about, like, how hard we have worked. We have worked, you know, 16, 18-hour days. We have, like, run around. I mean, it has been a grind. But I think Gene and I like to, to use the terminology luck out because we we really believe in, like, putting, you know, kind of being open to what, this is like a little fruity, but being open to what the universe has. Yeah. <laughs> no, we always say, wow, the universe really has our back. And I, 
I, um, you know, it's down to the fact that we were at the stages that we were in our personal lives to both be able to do this at the same time is just, that's luck number one, yeah, wanting to do this as well. Really so that, at certain that to me, number one luck um, that, you know, we didn't plan. Neither of us had, we've known each other since the third grade. And if you would have asked us at any point in our lives and our friendship, would you guys ever start a business together? We'd be like, well, what, how? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, she's pre-med and business school and get, you know, following this really incredible career in business. And I was following fashion. What, what in the where world would we do? Where collide? They won't, they won't collide. And so that, that is where I say luck. I also think, you know, meeting that manufacturer, how, luck, but yes, it was work and we, well, and it was, it was the research and looking into it, but like these moments all add up. And so that's where, yes, you, you only get what you put in, but there are moments where you have to stand back and say, wow, if that exact thing, if that exact moment in time didn't happen, what would this look like? Do you think a male entrepreneur would say they'd lucked out so often? You know, <laughs> that's a good, I, that's a great, yeah, I think no. about that too. Cause I'm like, are we just being girls by saying that we got lucky? And no, I mean, I think, I think, you know, anybody that's kind of, that doesn't have an ego. So men or a man or a woman can appreciate sometimes that things really do fall into place. Like I was finding myself needing to maybe start a new career search and this kind of came on board and I let it into my world, you know, and I, I didn't make any rash judgments about it. I just started working on it. And, you know, I think we've always said all we're going to do every day is we are going to wake up and we are going to do the best job that we can for the groomsman suit. And if we do that, everything will take care of itself. And that is truly what has happened. So um, some doors haven't opened for us, others have, and we move accordingly and, it, and it's been really great. Let's finish up with Dana, who talks about dealing with haters and surviving breast cancer. Success is complex. And um, how do you take advice from people that have made it all the way that are doing incredible things and are getting paid and have their employees and have people that are running their businesses for them and all of that. Like it's, it's encouraging. It's hopeful. It's a light at the end of the tunnel. So you think, but when you're living in the grind and you're living in the place where you are trying to get your business to a level that is sustainable and is functioning and is accelerating, but without the pressures of being in a startup or being in a small business, it's a struggle. Um, it's a daily struggle because you have to constantly stay motivated and constantly stay focused when things may not be going well and things might be really, really tough. And you have to believe in what you're doing so much that you can drag yourself out of your bed and you can show up and face your employees and you can help them get the job done. And that is hard. That is not an easy task for any human being. Have you ever thought about giving up? I haven't thought about giving up yet. Um, and I'm only saying yet because I... It's hard. You don't know what the future brings. I mean, 
There were maybe times in the beginning before I even started that I felt like giving up. And I will never forget one conversation I had with a gentleman inside the cancer space who I highly respected. And I was really in the advice-driven segment of my startup. Is this a good idea? Is this something that people will want? Is it needed? And I was really talking to as many people that I could that would listen. And he said to me, I like your idea. I like what you're doing. Your brand name sucks. Nobody's going to remember it. Nobody's going to remember what the name is. You need something that's catchy that people are going to be able to identify. Nobody's ever going to remember Ana Ono. Nobody's going to know who you are. And your logo, your logo's not great either. And I hung up that phone and I was like, damn, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't know this space. Maybe what everything I've worked on and everything I thought was like starting to take hold Maybe it was for nothing. Like I really had a lot of self-doubt in that moment. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to that little head because I have to tell you that now in my business, people are automatically relating to my name and tell me how much they love it. And it's either my name or my logo that they tell me that they love first before they ever tell me that they love my product. And it was really incredible because that was just one person's opinion. That was just one person's point of view. And when you're a startup, it's really hard to not listen to everybody and to take in all of the noise and to take it very personal. And for whatever reason, I listened, but I picked myself back up and I didn't absorb it from him. And the other side when I thought I would quit before I ever got started was right when I was launching the line, uh, Victoria's Secret got challenged to carry a mastectomy bra line. And a mother and daughter team teamed up. They created a petition on change.org and they petitioned that Victoria's Secret command and demand a mastectomy bra for women with breast cancer. My Facebook, my internet, my email, my phone, it blew up. Everybody was texting me and calling me and asking me if I'd seen the news, if I saw this article, if I saw this mother and daughter team, did I see this petition? Victoria's Secret was gonna come out with the mastectomy bra line. I thought it was for sure that this was going to happen. And I thought to myself, oh my God, how do I do this? How do I create and launch everything I've been working so hard to do when Victoria's Secret is just gonna come and stomp all over me and is going to completely put me out of business before I even start my business. And I went into a super creative depression because of this, because I didn't know how I could do it. I didn't know how I could, how I could measure up to somebody that was so massive and so big, our largest lingerie manufacturer in the United States, and how I, just this tiny little company, this tiny little business with five bras was ever going to sustain itself. And I had really, really empowerful, empowering and impactful people in my corner that called me and pulled me out of my slump and said, but Victoria's Secret will never do it like you. Victoria's Secret doesn't know what it's like to be a woman with breast cancer. Victoria's Secret doesn't think about women with no breasts. You're thinking about them every single day. You are a talented, 
and creative designer, you can do this. And I don't know what I would have done without those people. I don't know what I would have done without those people picking me up off the floor and encouraging me to keep going because I could have quit. I could have quit before I ever got started. And I could have taken, at that point in time, the $25,000 I used to buy inventory and thrown that in the trash. That wasn't a huge loss for me at that point in time, but it, it still would have hurt. It would have hurt my ego. It would have hurt everything I thought of who I was, but I didn't listen. And only a few months after the petition, Victoria's Secret came out and publicly said that they would not be developing a mastectomy bra line for women with breast cancer. And it's because they didn't have the right demographic or the store structure to support the community, which I actually really respected because they don't. And, um, and then it was, it was good that I had kept going because then I launched right on the heels of them turning down this whole, you know, petition and this whole societal movement that, that came bulldozing at them. So timing is everything and timing is a lot of that, but it doesn't make these decisions any easier about when you really are venturing into a, the big black abyss of business ownership that you have no idea how to navigate. Business is about luck, isn't it? Because however hard you work, however much you strive, you have luck, you make it. And if you don't have luck, you don't. I don't know. I feel like luck or maybe being at the right place at the right time, which some could interpret as luck, is a part of all of it. Um, I feel very fortunate that my timing seemed to be in uh, the right moments. Um, super sucks that I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, obviously that is not luck. Um, that is the complete opposite. But the fact that I got diagnosed with breast cancer at a young age, I was also a fashion designer and I identified this problem at the time of which I did was a bit of the a worldly effect that happened to me. You know, I, I kind of say it, the, the universe collided together in that moment for me. And I would take back breast cancer no matter what, if I had the opportunity to do so. But we also know that that's not the way the world works. And I was just sitting in the right shoes at the right time with the right tools in order to be able to do what I did. And I feel like if I if all of this happened fast forward to today, it'd be much, much harder for me to start this business because yeah, now there are more people starting businesses similar to mine and more people are identifying the problem when I identified it seven years ago. And that's what got my ball rolling. And with my expertise, I was able to accelerate and get to market faster. And that wasn't luck, that was hard work. That was hard work and dedication. Do you ever think about where you'd be if you hadn't got breast cancer? Oh, I think about that all the time. Um, breast cancer changed my life and um, it changed my life in many, many ways. I was running very fast and very hard. And I was running very fast and very hard because I was hungry to be a fashion executive and to be at the top of the ladder. And I committed everything of who I was to being successful. 
And that meant something to me, it still means something to me. Um, but breast cancer, even though I've started a business amongst it, which I may argue this also might sound crazy, uh, it slowed me down. So even believing that, <laughs> the fact that I'm running my own business after breast cancer, I have slowed down <laughs> compared to what I was before cancer, which is a shock to some um, because I, I'm just a, a go hard or go home kind of girl. And um and I think breast cancer put things into perspective for me. So I was able to jump without the safety net because I live in a life with no safety net. So I know me taking the leap and starting my own business and resigning from my full-time job and doing all these things that people really see as risky behavior in their life um, was nothing shy of just another day in the life of a cancer patient. And um, the fear factor has dissipated from my thought process because I fear one thing and that's dying. And it's not to be scary or to be dark, but because that is the world that I live in. So if I take a few risks along the way, I can say I lived the best life I could possibly live. And that means something to me. Okay, Dana, we're done. Awesome. How was that? Danny Cotulo, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. Aquila Augusta, thanks a lot for talking to uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It was okay. so good talking to y'all. Okay, I think we can leave it there. That, that was great. Thanks to you, man. Thanks so much, Tom. Appreciate it. Okay, then. That's it, I think. Go us! Raheem Jallo, thank, thanks so much for talking to me. Tom, what a pleasure. I wish you could keep it going. Diana Gans and Jean Foley, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thank you very much for talking to us. Uh, thank you, guys. Pleasure's all mine. That's it, Heidi. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Okay, I think we could leave it there, David. Well, I want to know when we get to the tough questions. Let me know when those show up. That's it for this last episode of Making It Work. We would love to know what you think, so remember to rate and drop us a comment on this podcast. You never know. If you like it, we may even do another series. Thanks to our entrepreneurs, Tivana Moore, Akila Augusta, Danny Catullo, Raheem Diallo, Dana Donafrey, Diana Gans, Jean Foley, Heidi Hale, Brian Munoz, David Patrick, and Liz Powers for taking part in this episode and this entire series. It has been a blast. Making It Work is produced by Yoli Margri, written by Tom Scallon, and edited by Lars Blockenberg, with creative direction from Jeroen von Koenigshoven. Music by Fresh Big Mouth, who created this song with actual sounds from the FedEx Superhub in Memphis, Tennessee. This show is delivered to you by FedEx and presented by Tom Scallon and me, Kelly Martin. 